Welcome to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I'm Christopher Dedian, founder and CEO of Dedian Enterprises, Inc. We are committed to optimize people's performance with tools such as peak performance speaking, coaching, and consulting programs for a worldwide international community. We believe that the only difference between where you are and where you want to be is acquiring the knowledge you need and consistently utilizing that knowledge to become a peak performing individual in every area of your life. Stick around until the end of the show where we will reveal how you can become the next guest on the fastest growing inspirational educational podcast on the planet in 20 to 30 minutes. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Peak Performance Greatness Show. I am your host, Christopher Dedian, and today I am so honored to have James Allen, which he is a performance and productivity coach, author, and speaker. James, how are you doing? Dude, I'm doing great. Grateful to be here, man. Yes, man. I am so happy that you're here. Uh, I was actually blessed to be on your podcast, I think a couple of months back, and we just resonated as we have a lot of things in common, as well as myself Mm -hmm. being a performance coach and uh, a professional speaker and everything that we were talking about. I know that there's like so much value here and I cannot wait to kind of pick your brain apart within how you approach high performance, productivity, and so on. But before doing so, I gave a small introduction of who you are. Can you please tell my audience a bit more of who you are? Yeah. So, uh, I'm just a guy who grew up in a very chaotic family basically. And it was always had to be like rushing and busy and just chaotic. I mean, there was a lot of like trauma and things that I went through. So I found personal development at a really young age. I was 17 when I read the book, the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And that just helped me with like awareness. And then from there I found like Tony Robbins and Bob Proctor and Tim Ferriss and all these different people. And I was like, Oh, this is cool. I like working on myself. And I just like got obsessed with being the best version of me. Uh, but over time, I ended up getting into like life coaching. I was following my dad's footsteps and construction work. And I realized that I'm just like running myself into the ground every day. And there had to be a better way. Um, so I got into like life coaching and everything. And just over years of working with people, it slowly evolved into performance and productivity uh, because that's really what I ultimately love. And productivity in particular, I'm huge on helping my clients, but also like me creating a business and living a life where I can do the least like amount of work as possible, but make sure it's the most effective work that I can be doing so that I can spend that time with my family and friends. I love hobbies, you know, traveling. There's all these things that I love to do. So I don't want to just be consumed by work. Like I grew up with seeing my parents do. So that's like in a nutshell, just kind of like how I got to this point. James, I love that. I feel your excitement, your energy towards how you answered that. And you know what? Let's just take it back from the beginning. And this is why, like I said, I I resonate with you because a lot of your story is very correlated and very similar to mine uh, on the aspect that I went through dyslexia and then found that, oh, that dyslexia was a challenge. Then I found personal development and so on. Now you mentioned that you had a chaotic upbringing. Uh, You mentioned that your father has a construction uh, business and all that. And then you did mention that there was something that was defining moment for you a little stress, a difficulty, uh, something that was just a friction in itself. Do you mind unpacking that? What was that moment and how did you go about overcoming that? And was it right away? Was it a process? What can you speak to that? Sure. So just to clarify, do you mean, uh, cause I've had many of those moments in my life, uh, but was it when I decided to like stop the pattern of my family? Is that what you mean? Yes. So the one that you said in the beginning, like there was something in your life that kind of happened and you're like, okay, wait a minute. And then you, I guess, change your pattern. Like you mentioned. Yeah. 
For sure. So from like my chaotic childhood, my parents had almost killed each other multiple times from alcohol abuse and drug abuse. And I was, uh, from the time I was five to eight years old, it was three years, I experienced it almost on a daily basis. I didn't know if my parents were going to come home or anything. So it was just like living in fear and stress for most of my childhood at my developmental like stages, like the most developmental stages of my life, which is between five and eight years old, right around seven. Um, it ended up in this very messy divorce. My mom went into, uh, she was in jail for 14 months. It would have been 14 years when my dad recommended her to be gone for 14 months. Cause he still loved her. Just this weird dynamic. Um, so that I really just, from that experience struggled with self-confidence, you know, with, um, I was just angry. I was the kid in class. Uh, cause I was in fourth grade and all that happened just like throughout junior high and high school where I would be a nuisance and I would just be loud because I was like calling for love. And there's a really great uh, saying that I heard that every act is either a call for love or an expression of love, regardless of how unskillful it may appear. So I was that kid that was just calling out for love, really looking back, obviously, I see that through all my personal development. Um, So yeah, the first thing was like, I really just wanted confidence. And my mom at the time, you know, I was like 17. And she's like, Oh, you should read this book, the four agreements. And she kept telling me that. And I was like, no, 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 whatever. Like just not doing what my mom tells me to do. Cause I'm a teenager. And, uh, I come home one day and the book's just like on my bed. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to check it out. And I started reading it and it just like hit me. And that was kind of that moment where like, I can really be aware of how I think and how I act and talk to people and really start taking care of myself. And that was kind of the moment, the defining moment that kicked off just the rest of my life really was reading that. And then, um, from there, I just kept falling in love with it follow my dad's footsteps in construction, like I said, and I was just like doing what I was basically groomed to do my whole life. I went to the summer camp and everything uh, from the union. He didn't have his own company. And uh, in personal development, you know, you always hear about like, oh, like go after your dream life or define what that dream life is for you. And I was like, well, I like skydiving. I like, you know, snowboarding and having a great relationship is huge for me because my parents were just so chaotic and ridiculous, but they did love each other too. Again, weird dynamic. And um, yeah, just thinking about that. I never really thought about it for my career. And then I really thought like, well, if I could do anything, what would it be? Like, I don't want to be working all the time, just nonstop. And then that's pretty much what evolved me into finding that I can help people with coaching because I had worked on myself. I love talking with people about uh, the four agreements and everything. And that's what really spilled me into the coaching piece. And I realized that you can have freedom doing coaching. So that's what ultimately inspired me to be like, I'm going to leave construction work. Yeah, I, I, man, James, I love that. And thank you for highlighting that because I truly believe that trauma can be like a double-edged sword or a blessing in disguise. Granted, you don't wish trauma upon anybody, especially at a very young age. Like you said, you're at seven years old and having this whole family dynamic, but because of this situation, it created this mindset and approach to personal development. And then you learning human behaviors and how to better yourself. And then from that on, you're able to implement this and share the knowledge you required with other people. So I truly love that. And in that regard, you mentioned uh, the four agreements, uh, that book, actually, I haven't read that book and I read a book a week and it's on my list. It's been highly recommended. Okay. Yeah. Just by your face, you're like, what, what's happening? You mentioned it several times. And what do you kind of talk about? Because you said that you coach people through that book. What are certain things that you coach through with that ideology when somebody comes to you? Yeah. So, I mean, I, it was pretty much like when I was reading it, I would teach my friends, you know, cause I was in 
high school. And I would just share with them. I'm like, you know, cause the four agreements in a nutshell, it's be impeccable with your words to always speak from honesty and with love, like always be honest, no matter what. So it's mm-hmm. a high uh, value of mine. And then the next one's don't take anything personally, which was the big one that stood out for me. And it does for most people. Cause I was like, I take things personally a lot. And I was 17, you know, and then uh, next ones don't make any assumptions. And the last one's always do your best. So those are the four agreements and he goes into each one of them. So it's like, it is just who I am. And that's what I always teach other people to do are those things, you know, it's like, just be a good person, be honest. Uh, don't take it personally. And I teach him some of the same principles. It's not so much like heavy on that. Like I'm going to teach you the four agreements, but it is layered in everything that I do still today because it's just who I am. And I'm grateful that that is my foundation because I really believe that if everybody like diligently abided by those four agreements, then their life would just be so much more simple and just be easier really. And which I think is what productivity is. In my opinion, it's not going against the grain, which so many people do and like lying and everything people lie. For example, when, if you just tell the truth, it can be difficult to tell the truth, but when you do it, it is the right thing. And like energetically it's going down the path of least resistance is just being honest. When you keep resisting and telling lies, it's like that saying, well, what we resist persists. You keep telling lies. It's going to keep building those lies and it's just going to cause more resistance throughout your life. James, I love what you just mentioned over here and I want to unpack it. I do believe that procrastination kind of speaks to you. There's a reason why you're procrastinating on something. And you just mentioned going against the grain and not being truthful when it comes to productivity. What can you speak to that when it comes to somebody that's procrastinating on a particular task? Do you push them and encourage them to keep pushing forward to go over that hurdle? Or it's like, hey, maybe you're doing this the wrong way, such as, let me just give you an example so you could understand a bit more what I'm trying to explain here. If somebody's like, you know what, I don't like, I have to lose weight and I want to lose weight, but I hate going to the gym. And that's the only way that they've associated losing weight. Instead of being like, hey, why are you trying to lose weight from going to the gym if you don't like doing dumbbells and cardio? Maybe look at what do you like doing that's an activity that's going to help you lose weight? Like, hey, you know what? I love hiking or I love playing basketball with the boys once a week. All right, cool. Why can't we attach something that you love with something that's going to help you out with your goal? So how do you speak to that when it comes to productivity, when it comes to being more proficient in that regard? Yeah. I mean, just what you just said, like working out, for example, that's a huge piece because exercise leads to greater focus and greater like circulation throughout your body, which leads to brain function and cognition, all these amazing benefits, but not enough people actually work out, you know, like two thirds of the U S is overweight and obese. And, uh, I do agree with you, like find something that is enjoyable in terms of exercise where, you know, it's, it's something that is fun for you. Cause people think, oh yeah, I have to go start like doing bench press or start running on a treadmill. But if you don't like running, then it's not really going to work for you. But there's so many fun things like surfing, for example, is an amazing exercise, um, cycling and all these things have like communities or rock climbing is an amazing workout. And it's super fun. It's not traditional. It's not going to the gym, doing those things. Um, what's interesting about procrastination that I have found is that procrastination, I believe has really little to do with laziness or a lack of Mm -hmm. self-control that people have, but really it's, it's that people push off or they want to push off and avoid negative feelings. Okay. So for, let's use like an example of writing a book. Like if your dream is, Oh, I want to be a New York times bestseller. It's a big project, big thing that you want to accomplish. You have to take it in small chunks, which is where like a great productivity technique for people is the Pomodoro technique where it's like, you just commit, it could be 10 minutes 
or 20 minutes that you have to just writing your book and sitting down and starting it rather than taking on this massive project. And also like in terms of nutrition, like it's one meal at a time. So our ability to be consistent with that is huge. And that's really what my coaching consists of is helping people create systems and whatnot that help them stay consistent and allow them to get more done by doing less and make it fun, you know? So really, I think that's the biggest thing is, is like not thinking of the whole entire picture, whether it is writing the book or getting in great shape or being a meditation master. It's like, these are all great things, but it's not really about, it's not a one shot thing, I guess. I mean, when we talked about in our interview that we had on my show, you said something that was awesome. And I asked you, Chris, what do you think separates high versus low performers? And you said it's habits and routines. And really that's what it is. So I'm huge on time blocking and having dedicated times in the day. And even like this happened today, I was like, wow, like, wait, what am I doing today? And I just looked at my Google calendar and was like, oh yeah, this is my time block. No, duh, this is what I'm doing. I was kind of getting it started with my day. Um, I don't know why that happened, but I was just like, I kind of lost track of my routine, but I can always fall back on that calendar piece and then look at that. And I, not enough people do that. They don't have the systems or any kind of structure that they use for themselves by using technology to actually benefit us rather than to distract us. Does that make sense? So it, it does. And honestly, you mentioned a lot of things that I want to highlight. First and foremost, you said, and this is very like important guys, listen up here. If you want to be highly productive, you have to be able to take a big goal, like the example you gave of being a New York Times bestseller and breaking down in manageable pieces. This is something the concept that's spoken about quite often. I would refer to people to go read the book Grit by Angela Duckworth. And she explains the concept of a top tier goal, mid tier goal, low tier goal. The low tier goal should be something you want to control and you can control towards if I'm deciding to be a New York Times bestselling author, I can't control that. Like, oh, am I going to put a gun to people's head and be like, hey, buy my book, buy my book? No. What you can control every single day is sitting down and be like, hey, let me consistently write the best thing I could write for this day. And then if you do that enough time, then you'll have a potential chance to have a book. Then you'll have a potential chance to be published. And then you have a potential chance to be uh, selling it and being a New York Times bestseller. So that's one thing you mentioned over there. Second thing you mentioned with the Pomodoro technique, I truly love it. And the reason why, because as you know, James, I'm a geek about uh, neuroscience and understanding the biochemistry of the brain. The reason why it works at such a high level is because once you're putting a specific time frame for like 20 minutes or whatever to do a specific work, you are more focused on that one work and you're going to be able to get in a state of flow at a higher level. The state of flow is something I explained by Mihaly Chinsen Mihaly. And as you're in a state of flow, you are legit five times more productive, which is 500% more productive. So that 20 minutes is highly effective. Not only that, once you're doing one particular work, after a certain while, your brain starts getting bored because your brain always wants changes. And as there isn't a lot of change, your brain starts diminishing the cognitive uh, pressure or the resources sent for that work in itself. So if you're taking a 20 minute work for a five minute break, your brain's going to be always like on its feet, like, oh, wow, I have a five minute break. And then you go back towards it. So that's why I truly love the two things you mentioned over there when it comes to performance and when it comes to productivity. Now, James, as you are a coach and you get a lot of high achieving people come to you and you help them become even better, what are some of the biggest things that you have noticed when people have a hard time with their productivity? Some of the top three things you could like pinpoint of like, yeah, these are the things that really the clients come with and have. And then what can you speak to that? Yeah, man. So really it gears towards 
one specific thing really there's like all these different challenges but i have found common threads because i love to do customer research i want to understand like what's the words that people are using to help me with sales copy and everything but just understanding people and the biggest thing is focus it's people struggling to focus. And I was actually just listening to a book by Alex Harmozy called $100 Million Offers. Because mm-hmm. um, I like Alex. But uh, he said that even he struggles to focus. And this dude makes like millions and millions of dollars, you know? So it's, it's just a common thing. And if you can't focus and concentrate on a specific task, then you're not going to be productive. But it also has to, it has to be something that's really what you want it to be. And I feel like a lot of people understand, like, I'll come up with a vision, write those things out. Um, but that's really the biggest thing is being able to consistently focus. And that's where the time blocking comes in. I'm a huge proponent of meditation. I meditate every morning. And, you, you know, you don't need to do, like, hours of meditation. People get confused about that. But you can do 10 to 15 minutes. And you can still get amazing benefits. But using like a calendar, the time block calendar, it helps you because if you ever get lost, or you notice that your, wa- your mind is starting to wander. You can always just go back to your calendar and be like, I'm focusing on this specific task, assuming that you've set up your calendar properly where it's in the right time blocks, but also it shows you what your task is. Like writing the book, for example, if you're dedicating, you know, an hour or a couple hours to that and it says, write the book at a specific time, that's what you should be doing. So it gives you focus because you can just bring your attention back. And tying into the meditation piece, like that's what the meditation allows us to do as well, is that, you know, if you are doing a silent meditation and you focus on your breathing, which is what I do, meditation is such an amazing tool for focus because when your brain starts to wander, you have to bring your attention back to one thing. You could use a candle, you could use a dot on a sticky note or a guided meditation, but you always have to bring your attention back to that one thing. And that's why it is so valuable and why it's so big to the focus piece, but it's not really in my experience and my research anyway, like a lot of different things. I mean, people say a lot of different things, but it always comes back to that one core thing, which is focus and concentration. I love that. I love that. Cause like you said, without that focus, without that energy, you're just not going to succeed and you're just not going to bring it to the next level. And I truly do believe, like you mentioned that mindfulness practices such as meditation is such an important one when it comes to understanding the aspect of not reacting to a situation, but responding towards it. And you're able to do that because like you said, you have that focus of like getting that breath, which is anapana meditation, being aware of your consciousness through your breath and so on. Now, James, in regards to meditation, because I feel like it's getting a lot more uh, known and people are getting more comfortable doing it and so on, but there's still a lot of question marks around that. How long have you been meditating and how did you get into it? Did you take some courses? Did you read a book about it? Did you just try on YouTube and following a guided meditation? How did you go about learning your meditative uh, practice? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I just understand the value of focus, especially in doing so much research on people. Like this is what people are really struggling with. And I'm in the course, I'm creating a course right now called Peak Focus Academy. Hasn't been released yet, but uh, it's literally the whole thing is geared around getting you extremely focused on a life that you really want to live. Cause I think everybody does want a more enhanced version of their life. Um, but meditation is definitely a piece that we talk about in that. And for me, realizing that focus is so important. I think it is, it is definitely one of the, if not the biggest key to success, I believe is being able to understand your concentration and control your concentration, and your focus, because there are weapons of mass distraction all around us. So for me, that was like the big uh, inspirational piece to start meditating. And that's why that was kind of like my why is that, well, if I meditate, it's like a superpower because most people aren't doing it. 
And then I will be able to retain my attention longer, which is a byproduct of meditating because it's all about focus. And I know the, the importance and the power of focus. Now, something I do want to say is that meditation, like you said, is growing in popularity. A lot of these mindfulness techniques that totally work and help us be more productive and focus better, they're getting more popular, but people are just natural procrastinators because they don't, they want to avoid again, negative feelings. So sitting there doing a silent meditation, it's not easy. It's, it's challenging to sit there and like catch your mind wandering off and bring it back and sit there and be still for 10 minutes. People are always on the move. Mm -hmm. Their brains need constant stimulation and dopamine. So it's uncomfortable. And that's why they procrastinate. It's like, why would I do that? If I can just take a pill to help me concentrate or something, you know, which is a quick, easy win. So like in the course, I talk about it, but also when I'm just working with people is that whoever's listening to you have to create a system. And the easiest way, in my opinion, to be consistent and map out your routine is time block your calendar, the whole entire thing, because I will get to my meditation time on my calendar. And if I'm like, oh, I really want to like start working because I'm feeling like super fresh today, like more than usual or whatever it is, then I just have to like sit down and say, I'm just going to meditate because on my calendar as a part of my routine that is like curated for me, it says to meditate, I'm going to meditate even if I don't want to. And then you just have to be able to bring your attention back because again, the, the calendar, ideally, if you do it right, is going to optimize your routine really. But I think that's the biggest thing. That's why I keep saying in my course too, because I know people are like taking an online course and so many people just take a course and then don't do anything. It's like, I want you to actually use it. So put it on your calendar and abide by the time block. I love that. I love the fact that you have a very structured calendar. I truly do believe in that as well. And the example you previously gave of like just today of like, you kind of got lost, like, Hey, what am I going to do? And then you went back to the calendar. It's not your job to remember what you need to do or see how you could be productive. It's putting the systems and processes in place and returning back to those systems and processes. And as you do that, you diminish the cognitive pressure within your brain to remember who you need to call, what you need to do, what's your next task. So if you're doing that with the meditation as well, it's there. And like you said, the reality is to know and not to do is really not to know or to really have the like knowledge of it. Like you said, the course and not practice it, then you're actually not going ahead in life with the success that you're learning. So I love everything you mentioned over here. And James, I'm going to ask you probably one of my favorite questions here, which is essentially linked up with something that you're going through right now within your business or something that is not as optimized as it can be. Now, why am I asking this? Because everybody talks about the successes and all that, and that's beautiful. Like there's obviously, James, you're a successful individual, you're a high-performing individual, and we can learn so much from that. And we already have, but there's a lot of things we can learn from, from failures and certain difficulties that you're going through. I would like to know what are certain things within your business right now that can be going better and you want to work towards making it better. Tell us what that is and how you're going to plan to go towards fixing that. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, I've done a lot on my own and it's a matter of bringing on more team players, you mm -hmm. know, especially cause I love doing less and I've been able to do a lot and just be more strategic. And I like to say it's about striking the stump rather than whacking at the branches, mm -hmm. but, uh, bringing on those, those, uh, key players and finding really good ones. I would probably say is like my biggest focus in terms of me just expanding even more. I love that. I love that. So essentially delegating, growing the team and bringing it to that next level while finding the right people that are going to fit with your, your mission and vision for your organization, essentially. Yeah, hundred percent. Obviously be assets, of course, you know, and being able to teach them and et cetera, et cetera. But um, yeah, that, that's probably the biggest thing.
Perfect. I love that. And you mentioned a couple of things over here in regards to your rituals, your habits. You mentioned, obviously, the calendar. You mentioned the meditation and so on. And as this show is called the Peak Performance Greatness Show, everything I do is about peak performance and high performance. And I truly believe everybody has high levels of performance and to exceed and reach that. Just like you mentioned that we spoke about on your podcast, you have to have the proper rituals and habits in place. What are some of the rituals that you use at a high level that maybe people don't think about to use that keeps you at a high level? Obviously, we know the meditation. Obviously, we know the gratitude works and all that. But is there something that you might mention that we don't know or it's a practice that's not commonly utilized? Oh, yeah. So as you know, nutrition and hydration, mm-hmm. two of the biggest things, they're going to keep you focused and concentrated in your body operating at a proper level. Now, when we eat proper foods, we get enough sleep. We exercise our body. We stay hydrated. Hormones are in balance. And if you're a man, especially, you know about the precious hormone called testosterone that naturally mm-hmm. drops when you hit about 27 years old or maybe 26, it starts declining. So my, my thought always, like I grew up with my mom being very healthy and she inspired me to work out and like eat good foods. Um, but I don't, I don't want to just only eat clean foods all the time. I still like to, you know, have some beers with my friends, eat some pizza, get, get some ice cream with my girlfriend, but it has to be a system that allows us to get back on track easily. And that's like the calendar, all the systems that I talk about and help people build it's to get us back on track because we're all going to get off track, but how do we get back on track easy? So hydration, nutrition, two of the hardest things that people can stay consistent with. And they're just like, wow, oh, I can just go get like a cheeseburger from McDonald's. Like, yeah, but that's not nutritional. It's not going to help you. So what I do and something I love to utilize for so many things to help me remember is the notes section in my phone. It's so simple. It's a free tool. And literally I created a note with a checklist called water intake and people do not drink enough water and it's absurd. Okay. But what I do is I get like a water container right here. This one's 20, 24 ounces. And I want to drink five of those throughout my day, which comes out to about a gallon of water uh, for the day. And I'm consistent with it because I drink one first thing in the morning, but in my notes section, I have a checklist with five numbers and I literally just open it up, type in water and it pops that up and I click the one, you know, it's like, okay, I've had one and I go throughout the day. So I ensure that I'm always getting the proper amount of water throughout my day consistently. It's kind of like a game that I have. And that's what I love with these systems is making it be a game with my nutrition. I eat 80 to 90% natural, whole unprocessed foods, but I still give myself that extra 10 to 20% to go like have some ice cream with my girlfriend or, you know, go get some beers with my buddies because I like to do that. And I like to try different foods and whatnot, but the baseline is natural, whole unprocessed food. So I have a notes, another note section in my phone that's called fun meal count. And it has three. So if you actually like, if you had three meals per day, seven days a week, that would be 21 total meals. And then 80% of that would be four. So if you wanted to do an 80% version of that, which is a little like more relaxed, I would say, then you would be able to have four meals throughout your entire week that can be fun meals. And you just have a count on your phone that allows you to do that. But once you hit your count, it's no more fun meals. You know, so that, that it's like simple things like that. They're so simple, but those things help me make sure that I'm eating natural whole foods on a regular, consistent basis without having to think about it all the time. It's like, do I have room on my fun meal? Yes. Okay. I'm going to go have a beer or whatever, or some pizza or whatever I want to do. 
Um, and then the water intake, I think that those two things have helped me so much with making sure I'm staying hydrated, eating proper foods. It's helped me in the gym. I do CrossFit. It's all about performance. So those are probably, that's probably like my biggest little tip. Okay. First of all, we're going to geek out about CrossFit. I did not know, or I did not remember that you do CrossFit. I do as well. So we're going to take a few seconds about that, but before doing so, I love what you just mentioned. And I love the fact that you bring everything into a game. That's something I truly believe. The more you put it into a game format, the more you're going to enjoy doing it. And it's so simple as the drinking, right? The, uh, the Not the alcohol, sorry, the water in itself. And it's so efficient for your productivity and high performance because your brain is made of more than 80% of water. So if you are dehydrated, your brain is going to be less focused. You're going to be more foggy and you're going to be just less productive. So it's so simple to drink. And you did give a quantity of how much you drink. And I think that the best way to kind of go about it, what I have found in my research is take your weight in pounds, divide that in half, and that should be the quantity that you're drinking in ounces. So let me take my example. I weigh 145 pounds, cut that in half. It's 72.5. That should be in ounces, which is just over two liters of water that I should be drinking, which is that glass that you said, 500 milliliters. It's four times. You drink it five times. I'm guessing you're a bit uh, bigger than me. So that's the ratio that I would suggest. (laughs) Yeah. I'm a big dude. Yeah. So, so that's the ratio that I would suggest and hundred percent. Now back to that, I'm going to ask you two last questions because I want to be mindful for your time here. Talk to me a bit about your relationship with CrossFit, how much you do it. This is just because I'm a true geek of CrossFit. I've been doing it since 2014 and I don't even look at it as a workout at this point. I do it because it's a sport for me. So I just want to know your experience. What do you speak towards that? How long have you been doing it? And so on. Oh yeah, dude. So before CrossFit, I did martial arts for a couple of years. I did jujitsu and Muay Thai. And a funny story, I actually went to a different gym to do Krav Maga. And it was a CrossFit gym with like a kickboxing Krav Maga class on the side as well. So it's like all of it together. And I showed up and uh, the coach or the teacher was sick or something happened. They got in an accident or the car broke down or something like that. And I'm in my workout clothes. I'm the only one for the Krav Maga. And there's a bunch of people in the CrossFit. And they're like, hey, sorry, the coach couldn't show up you want to do the CrossFit class? I'm like, well, I'm here. Like, why not? You know, I'll try it out. Dude, freaking whooped my butt. It was, it was thrusters and burpees. That was That's the good. first workout I ever did. I don't remember yeah. the exact thing, but yeah, it straight whooped my ass. And I, I like finished after that. I was so sore the next day. Cause I'm not used to exercising like that. And I was like, that was so much fun. Like I want to do it again. So fast forward, it's been four years, four or five years now. And, um, yeah, I've, I've just, I've been like as most flexible I've ever been. I've been the fastest I've ever been, uh, the strongest. It's just well-rounded. It makes me feel great. I look great, you know, and it's just, uh, it's just fun. Like you said, like, I don't think of it as a workout. I think that everybody should do that for me, for Chris, it's CrossFit, but it can be rowing. It could be going cycling, like find that form of exercise for you where it's like a game. It's just showing up. It doesn't feel like working out, but it is working out. So you can still reap all the rewards from that. I, I love that so much. And it's so crazy because like very similar experience for me in, the, in that regards. And the thing that I truly love about CrossFit is as much as you become good at that sport, there's always room for improvement, but not only room for improvement, but there is always going to be a wall. And even though you might be an experienced CrossFitter, one or two times a year, you're going to do a wall that's going to destroy you. And you started with a thruster and burpees, but for the CrossFitters, uh, doing a thruster is probably one of the most demanding movement for your full body. So it does take a lot and it does destroy you in that sense. And I truly love that you, you share that in, in that regards. And yeah, definitely. Uh, I'm guessing you do the opens, right? Every single year. 
Uh, I don't, I haven't, well, I don't do them every single year. I didn't do it last year. I forgot what exactly, I think I was traveling a bunch when it was happening. So I was just like, I, I wasn't going to be fully into it. So I didn't sign up for it, but of course, yeah. Doing the opens. Yeah. I, I actually have a question for you in a second, but go, go for ahead. it. Go, go for it. Cause I was going to tell you, sign up for the opens and we're going to check each other out. The, this upcoming opens, which uh, usually it's in February. Oh, let's go, dude. Let's do it. Down. Heck yeah. Go um, for your, go for your okay. question. Okay, this is total nerd, like CrossFit nerd talk for if you're listening, sorry. But uh, what's your No, plan? not sorry. Enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> what's, your, what's your Fran time? My Fran time. Okay, great. So Fran is essentially a CrossFit workout. It's one of Meet the Girls, and I'm saying this to the audience. We call it Meet the Girls because there is a, just go on Google, right? Meet the Girls. There's a bunch of workouts that with girls' names, and one of them is Fran. So Fran, it's 21 tr- thrusters, 21 pull-ups. 15 thrusters, 15 pull-ups, and then nine thrusters and nine pull-ups. My Fran time, the last time I did it, which was, I think like over six months ago at that point, it was four minutes and 34. So that's my my Fran time. How about you? Nice. Uh, I haven't done Fran in years, but the fastest I ever did it, the workout was actually kind of brutal because it was the Fran mile. So we did Fran right after you finish, you go run a mile. And that was the whole workout. My mile was super slow, but I killed it on Fran. I got 241. Let's go. Let's go. Dude, I was mobbing. Okay. I did unbroken on everything. And my coach saw me because I did like 21 unbroken pull-ups. And he's just like, oh man, he came over and he's just like in my ear the whole time. And he's like, don't drop that weight, James. You're stronger than that. And I'm just like, oh, I'm going to die. <laughs> but I, yeah, unbroken on everything. So I got it. So the see for me, for CrossFitters over here, the 21 unbroken is not impressive. Now, what do I mean by that? Where it becomes really difficult is the 15. So for me, when I do the friend, when I approach it, I'm like, I could do 21 unbroken uh, for the pull-ups and even for the thrusters, but I break it 11, 10, because then if I do unbroken, I get to the 15 and I'm like, yo, what's happening? The fact that you're able to hold the 21, then hold the, the, the 15 and then finish off with the nine. That's impressive. So congrats on that. Yeah, and it was pretty well. I don't know. I was just feeling good that day, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm sure at this point, like you're, you're a good athlete, but tell me what's, what's your size. What's your, what's your weight? So I could know, because you're telling me these numbers and that's quite impressive. Like for anybody that knows, like friend, like the top end, uh, athletes do it under two minutes, but like, he just said two minutes, 30 and whatever. That's a, like really good time. 41, yeah. And yeah. And even my time, like, let's not like throw it on like four minutes and a half is not a bad time. Far from it. It's just, yeah, you're oh, on no, a very great. good time. So, yeah, yeah, so what's your height? I'm, what's your weight? I'm six, two and, uh, you know, range between 215, 220, you okay. know, right around there. So uh, yeah, you're you're a big boy. Okay. I'm I'm like five, seven and a half-ish. I weigh, like I said, a 145. So I'm definitely more lean. I'm I'm still muscular for my size. I, I could definitely, you know, move around oh, some yeah. weights, but definitely for my size. So the friend, oh yeah, by the way, the weight of the friend is 95 pounds. So for 95 you, 95 pounds, pounds yeah. is just I'm guessing a piece of cake in that regards because you are just physically a big dude. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, uh, well, overhead is just really, I, it's like my strong suit doing like push presses and jerks and snatches are my favorite. I got my snatch up to 235. Let's go. My, my biggest snatch that I've done. So, okay, bro, I'm excited. Let's yeah. legit. You <laughs> sign, I sign up every single year, even through COVID, we did it through the home and all that stuff. Sign up next year. Let's keep each other like checked out. I would love to see at the end what your score is and all that. And we'll kind of uh, uh, keep in communication during the opens. Does that, is that cool? 
Let's go, dude. Yeah. Go. I love it. I love Let's it. Let's do it. All right, my brother. Last question I want to ask over here as I love that we went on a little rant of CrossFit. Where yeah. is the best place <laughs> that our community could reach out to you, potentially contact you to get coaching and so on and so forth? Yeah. So the best thing is just check out my website. It's uh, jamesallencoaching.com. Uh, and that's it. Um, I, I think I gave you links or I can always give you a link to put in the description of the episode as well. But uh, yeah, jamesallencoaching.com. And uh, that's going to be the best way. Or you can always find me um, online as well at James Allen. Uh, my name is kind of difficult to find. So try James Allen Coaching if you're struggling. Because one of the biggest like people, the pioneers of personal development is named James Allen. It's spelled the yeah. same exact way. As a man thinketh, which is an amazing book. I love it. So I was just, I kind of got the short end of the, I was like, oh, this is great. But I got the short end of the stick yeah. in terms of SEO for that. So I'm actually in the process of, um, changing my uh my business name so i'm because I, because of that issue exactly yeah is that it's difficult to find but if you're listening to this and you type in james allen coaching i'll make sure that it still links up even though it'll go to a page or to be a, a different business name um because i can link the domains yeah yeah so that's 100 funny and true first of all everything you mentioned will be in the show notes below so guys like super simple you just have to go in the show notes click it and we'll have the, cool. the actual access to james allen and it's so funny because like you said it is a very popular book which i've read and not only that like tony robbins the goat refers back to this book quite often. So yeah, you're in a very funny, you're in a funny like limbo in that aspect. You legit have the same name in that regards. So James, my brother, man, it was a pleasure speaking to you. Congratulations with all of your success. We'll definitely keep each other accountable with the next Opens CrossFit. And that being said, have a great day. Christopher Dedian here. Thank you so much for listening to the Peak Performance Fitness Show. If you're a successful entrepreneur or intrapreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot of your phone, text it to a friend, or post it on the socials. If you know somebody that could be a great guest, please tag them on social media to let them know about this program. And don't forget to include the hashtag Peak Performance Greatness. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We regularly put out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episode, go ahead and click that subscribe button. Your thumbs up, rating, and review go a long way to help us promote this show, and it would mean a lot to me as well as my team. You want to know more? Go ahead and visit our website at peakperformancegreatness.com or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or my YouTube channel at Christopher Didier. Thank you for listening. We will see you next time. Have a blessed and grateful day.